1: Uh, kia ora, welcome into the show. It is Izzy and Ricardo for Breakfast on SENZ. It is four past seven on your Friday. Happy Friday to you and a big hour coming our way, Izzy, because yesterday you caught up with a legend, absolutely legend of New Zealand sport, maybe a man that doesn't get recognised as much as he should here, but uh, is very well known in the US. Yeah, Ricky Allison won three
2: Super Bowls with the San Francisco 49ers. He was the first New Zealand Māori to make it in professional football. And uh, yeah, I met him a couple of years ago. So he was actually born in Christchurch at St. George's Hotel where I got my knee done. And uh, he went to St. Andrews College. He's Kiwi, you know, born and bred, and now he's playing to try. I think he works for the um, Missile Defence for United States Air Force defence force over there, so it was, he's doing really well, Um but it was an awesome chat to chat with him, yeah, met him when he came and travelled around the Crusaders with uh, Razor Ray a couple of years ago, he was a great bloke, sat down with him for a couple of hours and uh, then all of a sudden, randomly, I just got a Facebook request on, on Facebook and it was Ricky Allison, <laughs> so I was like, ah, oh, must have, you know, must have impressed them, yeah. and then You know, being in the radio as we are, first messages is like, hi, Ricky, I work in the radio. Can we get you on our show? (laughs) (laughs) And it took a bit of convincing to get him on the line. I didn't know, you know, maybe a boomer. It was the communication was far and through between. But
1: we got there
2: and he's a busy man. And uh, he actually said to me that everyone's wanted to have a chat to him from New Zealand. I said, yeah, well, you just prioritise our show. So we'll play that for you around 7.40ish. And our next guest. Is a huge NFL fan, too. He uh, he follows the Titans, so it's been a difficult uh, year, a couple of Ooh, years for him, but Derek Henry, I'm yeah. sure.
1: Difficult year for you would... as well, as a Panthers fan. <laughs> uh, it is trading's <laughs> yeah. hour, with night and day. Start your morning with a hell of a coffee from just $4.50 at your local night and day. Can't have you throwing shade at Corey Jane's Titans when your Panthers are going so bad. Corey Jane joins us now. Good morning, CJ, how you doing? Yeah, I'm great, guys. Uh, my time's a little <laughs> hey, we've already had a text for you uh, from Mark saying, Boys, can you please ask Corey Jane to explain the how and why of one of the funniest things I've heard on radio the Izzy McDonald's nickname? <laughs> McDonald's nickname? Enlighten <laughs> me, I can't remember how they have a uh,
2: When you used to call me McDonald's because of my receding hairline.
3: Oh, the big M on the front of your face. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. It's gone now though, man. Hey, not a McDonald's, you know, full, beautiful little, you know, on the top
2: of you. it was McDonald's and the Ball Eagle, but yeah, I had oh, to the change Ball one. Eagle,
3: I, I know that straight off the bat. The yeah. Ball Eagle, that was from the kids. <laughs>
1: Hey <laughs> uh, Corey, you got your you pre-season underway with the Hurricanes. You got the Landers uh, this weekend. How's everything? How's everything looking? It's a, it's a bit of a, a new look season. So many different head coaches. So many different players coming through.
3: Yeah, uh, boys are hanging out to play some rugby. Um, mm. I think we've had one of the best pre-seasons that I've been involved with. The boys are are working their tails off, but they're also trying to solve problems themselves, and, um, which has been different than the past where a lot of it was coach lead where now us coaches throw a little bit at them and and they try and run off and solve it on the on the go so it's awesome that it's getting a bit more player involvement um, this pre-season so and I think we're sick of just running at each other and you know <laughs> the offense is going at the defense and we, we know the cause and we know what they're running and so they're hanging up against the rugby so it's going to be
4: good this weekend.
2: You're you're coaching with uh, with Alfie, and uh, you know you've had a, a pretty stable coaching group for the last couple of years, Siege. But uh, with Clark Laidlaw, maybe what's he done for the team, and how have you enjoyed coaching with him? Yeah, he has been good.
3: Um, obviously, he's uh, he's a little bit different than Alf. Uh, you know, Clark is real. Uh, he, he wants heaps of energy and effort, and he'll put clips out of the boys. Um, They're walking or not. Where they're supposed to be. He'll let us do our coaches in our areas, but he'll he'll come over the top and uh, re-emphasize uh, what we want. And um, he doesn't like people uh, not putting in the effort and, and moving around the field. So he kind of holds people accountable in that area. Uh, also, driving the the culture, uh, he's massive in that area. And you know, we've done a few days uh, in preseason. We've been out and Uh, as a community um, helping out the one in Wellington we're up in uh, Hawke's Bay just recently uh, fixing up and helping out in Marae that was uh, hit by the cyclone and that so uh, the boys love that working out there and um, you know Clark's real big on that as well and and getting the whole hurricane area uh,
1: behind the team Uh, Corey I know Clark comes from a a, you know a sevens background that's how we kind of know him how is that influenced what he's brought um, as yeah. as a head coach. I mean, is, is pre-season being different? Is it skills different? Is is fitness different? We always yes, hear it's. about how how, how, <laughs> how much fitter the sevens players are than anyone else. What's that been like?
3: Yeah, well, you know, we have to keep telling him when he starts talking about sevens and brings back nightmares of all the running <laughs> that I had to do with pitch. So I get, <laughs> I get a little bit emotional when he starts talking about that because it was a tough time in my career. And we have to tell him, <laughs> We don't want our props to become outside backs before the running. So, um, no, he's he's awesome. Uh, You know, and I guess he has heaps of trust enough coaches to do our area. And you know, he's coming in and going, look, oh, I can help out here when you need me. I can help out with skills. I can help out with this. But he really lets you go and do your your area, Um, and he's just there to help out. I think the coolest thing about it is when we started pre-season, he's got a mindset as he goes, look, you know, we've got to coach the coach, uh, players to get better, but we've got to also coach the coaches. So he's got, uh, you know, guys in to come and help us as well. And uh, because at the end of the day, you know, if we get better, um, you know, ideally we can, you know, get the players better. So he's been real awesome in that area. And yeah, we have to keep telling on that. It's not settled anymore. There's a thousand more players that we've got to look after.
2: Sege, you know, uh, everyone knows you're pretty creative. Well, I know personally, you're very creative and innovative with um, the way that defence and D has been played out the last couple of years. Line speed is at the forefront of, of everyone's minds. Have you noticed a change in attack? The attackers starting to understand the line speed and and how teams are, are approaching it. What what can what have you? Have you trying to make some adjustments this year to? to nullify that, being creative with the defence side of things, the Hurricanes have been always leading in that department?
3: Yeah, trying to mix it up a little bit. Um, you know, obviously, it was easy back the year that, mm. not the only year that we won it, where we bought heaps of speed and it was different to people, but the teams are getting better. Like you said, they're getting smarter. There's a lot more uh, players going in motion, you know, so just pain and, and structure and system. They're running all over the field these days, and you've got to have uh, backs that, don't just stand out on the edges anymore. So uh, that started coming in over the last year or so, and uh, teams are getting better in that area. But also, the you know, attacking kicks are getting, you know, big, and even just outside the 22 these days, where mm. normally you just want to play ball, uh, teams are trying to track uh, defences inside the 22 and and try and get rewards that way. So um, you just can't go all and out and uh Guns-pasing, but... Uh, it's a risk and reward. You've still got to be able to put teams under pressure. If you go too passive, um, you're going to be chasing your tail the whole time. So it's, mm. uh, it's a picture of, hey, if the pitch is right, let's go and play, boys. Or, you know, if it's not quite right, let's try and live the fight another day and see if we can mm. get them somewhere else.
1: The Landers had a big game last weekend uh, in Queenstown against uh, Moana Pacifica and you play both teams in the next two weekends. Do you have eyes on that or given it's pre-season and results don't matter so much, it, it's, it's just more about what you guys are doing?
3: Nah I didn't oh, you did the game. We got the game and I watched about 10 minutes of their uh, intent um, you know, the, the Islanders are always, they carry hard and they clean bloody hard So, uh, but no, nah, I haven't Really got too deep into anything they were going to. It's just more so, hey, we've given you guys some system and structure, and we just want you out there and see if you can solve it, um, be in the right spots, and see the pitches. And then, at the end of the day, you just want the boys to go out there and try and be physical, um, you know, win some collisions. And kind of enjoyed preseason that not many people do. Um, well, Izzy never did because <laughs> he, was a, he was a rock star. He hated preseason, but. Um you know, just it's him it's the what he wants. But you know, so let's go out there and and try and put what we've done over the last couple of months out on the field and um you know, get the lungs going and also hopefully that, you know, on both sides of the field, so you know, both teams knowing injured because you don't want that early in pre-season
2: It's been thirteen minutes and I was thinking this ain't Corey Jale he's been nice and then bang he comes out and there's a week down. speaking of injuries, uh um, TJ Petonala coming back from uh, a major injury. How's he been uh, within the group in that competition heating up with uh Cam Roygaard?
3: Yeah, awesome. Um yeah. I'll tell you what's not injured, it's his uh, his mouth. But um <laughs> he loves the chat, he loves the challenge, um, you know which is awesome, you know, you expect that from guy right, that's played hundred and fifty games for your your franchise and um but he's been awesome, he's training the house down, he's Mate, he's excited about trying to get out onto the field, and which is close because he's been team, team trainings and um, you know climbing into everything. So uh, it's going to be an awesome little battle because you know obviously Cam's the he's All Black now and he's competitive, mm-hmm. and then he does well. You know, teach how competitive he is. So <laughs> uh, he wants to be an All Black. So mate, exciting, and yeah. uh, I just can't wait to see him out there.
1: It's the first season in a long time that there's a Hurricanes squad that doesn't have the surname Savia in it, mate. Um, It's a a, a lot of games, a lot of leadership, I'd imagine. How's how's that void been filled?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, when you lose a guy that's been around for so long and also uh, a good mate as well. So that's Mm. uh, big, big uh, jewels is, you know, it's, it's sad to see him go to another team, but it's a great opportunity for him to go there and, and try to smash out another couple of years, and hopefully help Moana get really, really good this year. And then Artie's just you know feed up into bed, making heaps and heaps again. So he's um <laughs> <laughs> he's a you know. But again, got guys that are so influential in the Hurricanes, and they're not here. Um, you know, it takes a little bit to get used to, but you know, it's that's professional sport. Guys have to move on at times or they're not here. Um, and, you know, we've got some good young guys that, are, that just have to step up and fill that 150-odd uh, and 130-odd games.
2: Speaking of young guys, Siege, um, a player that I've watched for the Magpies the last couple of years, Harry Godfrey, um, you know, bursted on the scene for the Hurricanes, probably had a season um, that he wasn't proud of last year, particularly with the Maggies. Have you rallied around him, mate, and what's the potential for that young kid? Mate, heaps of potential.
3: Like, I... Mm. he just mm-hmm. needs a place in rugby as well you know like the MPC yeah. great opportunity for him he, he did his hamstring this year and
5: mm. you know he just
3: needs time to actually play and you know, he had a few games for the Canes last year and he you know what, what's different from him from other first fives is he's really really tough you know what I mean and you'll mm-hmm. you know that he doesn't mind running straight into people and mm. uh, tackling hard like I, I often joke around with him and say you're not going to have a long career if you don't learn how to start sidestepping and I draw and pass him past him You just try to He counter attack. So he gets the ball And he looks at the biggest guy And tries to run him over um, Which again Is something that you'd never do But um, You know But it's You know So he's got heaps of potential And we've got some other You know Decent first five fullback guys uh, You know Rubes in that as well So There's a lot of competition And you Now he's had a good couple of months So it's, it's You know Can't wait to see what he does Over the next couple of weeks And and then we head away to Aussie, so you can only pick so many people to go over there for a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, I was going to say you start in Perth, um, which I, I reckon is probably the best time to get that trip out of the way, isn't it? Round one, because you're not backing up.
3: Uh, yeah, don't worry which way. Like, I know it's going to be 40 degrees and everyone's going to be hot, but we've you know we've been training for it for the last couple of months uh, in our hot heat chambers and all that kind of stuff that we've got here at our facility, which is awesome. Um. And then I think that the coolest thing, or it's a dollar each way, is you get to go on tour early as a squad. And so you jail together, you know, you're at the hotel together for a couple of weeks. You can do all your homework and you can have your chats and the physios there. So that's always awesome to start the season. The flip side of that is you can only take 27 people over there. So, you know, there's going to be a few guys in our squad that stay back here. So it kind of splits the squad a little bit. Um, but yeah, good chance to go over there and play Aussie early and and some good heat and yeah, catch some pants at tan as a coach because I did not have to you know <laughs> play rugby well more because i
2: body's too soft. But you know what I mean? Don't lie, mate. You'll be wearing pants, mate. You'll be wearing pants all training and doing what you. out all the time with
5: these big legs, come oh, on, man. I've never
2: seen someone train training Aussie. And 40 degree, heat and track pads because he didn't want to show his legs off. <laughs> Bloody hell, that is CJ. <laughs> hey, CJ, just just quickly, uh, you've lost a ton of experience. with touch on that day, and Coles has gone as well, but uh, Brad, uh, Brad Shields coming back into the fold. Was that an easy decision to select him as captain?
3: Yeah, I, the, the last two months he's just, he's done everything that you need in a captain. And, mm. like, he's, you know, an old guy that's been away for a bit, and he's come back and, trains so hard but he also uh holds people to the values and a standard that is good, And he's not afraid to get up there and say that kind of stuff. And so naturally you just you know, we we only just picked him not long ago, but it's mm. just watch and you're just like, oh my God, that is just screaming for him to be that guy. Now other guys will be, you know, you've got and you have got Geordie that's underneath him Mendes. Mm. Other guys that have been captain dupes was Wellington and that kind of stuff. So there's and there's a bit guy around there as well, but he just screamed out that not only on the field, but off the field, that's, that's your guy. So it was good.
4: Hmm.
1: How, are you, how are you going to replace the uh, the Dane Coles wind-up merchant? Who, who, who takes that yeah. mental?
3: Yeah, don't know. Don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, someone's going to have to go in there and just, you know Colesy. like everyone knows, because you can't hit anyone in rugby anymore. Like was, if he did that early 90s and that, he'd probably be out of the game, broken jaw, high <laughs> softball, you know what I mean? But now, you're not allowed to, you can't even tackle anyone now, so, um, you know, Colsey was really, really good at getting away with that, and knowing that he could push the boundary, he wasn't going to get punched, so, um, <laughs> you know, every team's going to have 15 people doing that now, even the softball guy, like, I'll say it, Israel, you know what I mean? You You'd you're, you're chip away and say, Oh smash you, i waste you, and then, you know
1: you're not going to get hit. You know? 100%. 100%. <laughs> hey! Hey, mate.
2: Sometimes you had third. the biggest what? mouth in the game, mate. So you're
1: just painted the perfect picture for Corey Jane. <laughs> I'm
2: sorry, he Sometimes the truth
3: hurts, mate.
1: All right? That's all. <laughs> CJ, thanks very much for coming on today, bro. And uh, Safe travels to Perth. And good luck in pre-season, mate. I uh, look forward to chatting to you again I soon, I was going to say
2: condolences about your dog, but.
1: Get out of here. Oh, tough time, man. Tough time. Tough time. Thank you, guys. See you, brother. There you go. Corey (laughs) Chang with us. Hurricanes in preseason play the Highlanders this weekend. You're listening to SENZ Breakfast powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. It's tradies hour for night and day. I warm up this morning with a hell of a coffee starting at $4.50. at your local night and day. You can get hold of us any time. 0800-150-811 or 8833. A few texts through Izzy. One from Chris. I know it's an early crow, but you should have picked my bet yesterday. Dan Hillier, top 20 at 350. He's currently two off the lead and seventh from Chris.
2: That's like saying I was one over after 11 and then I blew out to 82, Chris. So let's let's see where that that goes. we will see where it goes. But, hey, he's he's a good shout. Um, You know, it, it could be an opportunity. We'll just have to watch and play, see how that plays out. And we'll keep an eye on the waste management as well, Ryan Fox. Teen off at the waste management this weekend.
1: Yeah, uh, we've got a few questions through about the switch hitting in, in the cricket that we mm. talked about in the triple threat as well. Um, Craig has said, "Hey Rick, if uh, as a question, if a batsman goes for a switch hit, does that change the LBW rule as to about where leg stump is?" Um, and there's another question here uh, from Chris as well. Uh, they talked a while back uh, about switch hitting. Does that make both sides of the wicket classified as offside for wides? Did they ever put that in place? I'm not qualified to answer either of those questions, so I'm going to bring the cricket desk in here. Uh, mm. Robbie, can you answer those questions? Uh, kind of, basically. Okay. I, I know
2: uh, to answer one of the, yeah, does that change the LBW rule about whereas leg stump? Yes,
1: it does. Um, mm. I don't know exactly what the rule is, but say a right-hander switches to left-hand. If it, if it bounces, if it pitches outside leg stump where they started they could still be out lbw my understanding is basically it's where like your stance as the bowl is running in okay is is how they kind of take it uh one thing one thing i i'm not 100 percent sure on is if a right-hander switches to be left-handed and
2: then does the wide line change outside off to be you know, the So it's off-side basically offside either,
1: both sides, right?
2: Well, I mean, I, yeah, that's why I'm not 100%
1: sure. That's what it probably should be. I'm not, yeah. Um, but I know yeah. the, the LBW rule definitely does change.
2: Anywhere down the leg side is a, is a wide, but if you're going to go and make that change to put yourself in an advantage and the bowler doesn't see the change and bowls it down the left-hand side, I don't think he should be punished.
1: No, so there you go, if you want to,
2: so. yeah, I think if you want to be creative as a batsman, go ahead, but as a bowler, you should not be punished if you're trying to bowl a, a good line just outside off
1: if he was staying in the same same direction, so yeah. Hey, there you go. <laughs> it's debates. Debates. Can, can't Robbie a job at the ICC, making the rules. Uh, it is 7.29 here on Izzy and Ricciardo for breakfast on ECNZ. Time to catch up with Araha now for news with Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. It's 29 away from 8 o'clock. Ricky Ellison, not too far away with a Super Bowl preview. Ken Ataira, making a back-to-work trade easy. Here are some sports headlines for you, including an update for you. On the Super Bowl, where the experts think it's going to be uh, won and lost, Fuel's Iron Rebel here for a limited time. It's Super Bowl time on Monday, and the 49ers are facing off against the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs in Las Vegas. ESPN's NFL analysts, writers, commentators, columnists and pundits have made predictions for the big game. They've got 64 experts to weigh in on this. And 49 of them picked the Chiefs. Well, 15 picked the 49ers. The most common predicted final score was 27-24. Eight of them picked that. And 52 of the 64 experts said this game will be decided by a touchdown or less. Izzy. So it's going to be tight. It's going to be tight for sure. And
2: I like. Yeah, we're to have a chat to Ricky Ellis will play that soon. He touched on the Chiefs' start. The hot start that they were going to potentially get out to. Well, the Detroit Lions got out to a hot start, and then they found a way to get back. Oh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Like, Brock Purdy, you know, a big-time player. Well, we're soon going to find out. This is his biggest moment in his career. And he hasn't disappointed. Last year, took them to the AFC final or NFC final, whatever it was, and just fell short of going to the Super Bowl. Now he's at one. Um, so, uh, yeah, him taking on Mahomes. Uh, Kittle taking on uh, Kittle, sorry, taking on uh, Travis Kelsey. Two big tight ends. Defensively, you know the, exposed, the way they got exposed last year, uh, last week against the Detroit Lions in the running game see if um, the Chief can expose that oh
1: plenty going on lots going on SCNZ Super Bowl 58 coverage brought to you by Burger Fuel's Iron Rebel don't stay on the bench tackle this limited time burger now uh, as he's got the guns out obviously uh, all about the burgers uh, now uh, the Philadelphia 76ers have acquired Buddy Heald from the Indiana Pacers mm. for Marcus Morris Furkan Kormaz and three second round picks according to ESPN Heald has been one of the NBA's best three-point shooters for years, he's averaged 12 points per game at 38.4% from behind the arc across 52 games this season, and since he entered the NBA in 2016-2017, he has 1,842 career three-pointers, second only to Steph Curry that is a big, big get for them and the Celtics have acquired Xavier Tillman from the Grizzlies for two future second round picks, giving Boston big man depth as well, there's some trade news for you out of the NBA Ken Tire are making back to work trade easy, win a trade station gift card worth $1000 and it's 26 away from 8 when we come back uh, Ricky Ellison is going to join us but don't forget we have our choices flooring pole as well, revive and redesign your homes for spaces for living Uh, here's the poll now Black Caps versus Australia test matches in the Basin Reserve and Hagley Oval both sell outs right both sold out well in advance got me thinking if you had to pick one what would you want to go and watch Black Caps Australia Cricket All Blacks Wallabies Rugby Kiwis Kangaroos League or Silver Ferns Diamonds Netball? Let us know. Transform your home. Black Caps Australia. Yeah, Black Caps Australia. All right, thanks, Izzy. Uh, transform your home with Spaces for Living. Revive and redesign sale at Choices Flooring, offering 20-plus discounted styles. Head to the SEN app. Hit the SEN breakfast, uh, SCNZ breakfast, and the poll will be there to vote on. We'll bring you results of that in around an hour's time. It is 20 away from 8 o'clock. Call any time 0800 150 or send us a text. Double eight double three. the temper bed Post text machine. Night and days got the right tools to drop a hell of a coffee from just $4.50. Grab one today. And now we're talking Super Bowl with Burger Fuel's Iron Rebel here for a limited time. And Izzy, we've got a pretty special guest on the show.
2: It's an absolute honour, really, as we build up to the biggest week in the United States with Super Bowl. Well, we've been joined by the one and only three time Super Bowl champion, Ricky Allison, the first New Zealand Māori to make it in professional football in America. And, well, I just learned he was born in Christchurch, where I am situated now. Ricky Allison, how are you doing?
4: I'm great. I'm great.
2: Mate, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh this this time of the year, I know you'll be a busy man. Everyone wants a piece of Ricky Allison because you have run a Super Bowl and you're 49ers the Niners are back.
4: The 49ers are great. It's just so wonderful for me to watch that the culture and the, the team the way they're playing is just the same they were playing when we won championships many years ago. they They have the same type of offense, they have the same type of mentality. It's just, it's awesome to watch.
2: Do you think back to all those moments when you were able to win Super Bowl, particularly your first Super Bowl when you defeated the Miami Dolphins 38-16? Do you relive those when it's this time of year? (laughs)
4: <laughs> I, I celebrate birthdays for each of the rings, but I don't relive them. I, I mean, I understood, and I can look. At, in fact, I don't, I've never watched the game tapes of any of those. Usually you watch game tapes because after every game leading up, you have to study what your mistakes were before, you know, go to the next game. But after the Super Bowls, you don't look, look at the game film. So I've never watched my game, ever, to be honest with you, <clears throat> on either of my Super Bowls. I don't want to because it was such a special, special feeling that I don't ever want to critique and look at my play Mm. and criticize that play or, you know, or be happy with it. It's just a fantasy. It's not a fantasy. It's a dream come true that uh, playing in those games. and, And I think two of them, one of them, we had to come back. First one, we were behind and we came back and just dominated. And the other one we came back and barely won, but won. And then we blew a team out on my third. So, there, there are different ways to win, it, but it's always fun um, coming back from behind.
2: Your experiences, Ricky, playing in the Super Bowl. As a fan, you know, you see all the hype, you see what's going on in Las Vegas. I was actually lucky enough to go to Super Bowl in 2020 when it's a repeat of this final when Paddy Mahomes took on your um, 49ers and uh, lucky enough for your 49ers, they got beat that day. But, mate, the week in itself, how special is it?
4: The week, this week is not, it's, it's more of a hype week. The, all the hard work has been done the week before when the teams are at their home facilities. This week is, you got all your family there. <laughs> you, got, you got parties every night. It, it is, you're floating through air. You're, you're not doing any hard work. You don't have to, you know, this is the last game you'll play for some of us, the last game they'll ever play in the last game for the season. So it's just really trying to control your energy mm levels so you can produce for three hours the best football of your entire lifetime. So every one of those players are trying to force that or get to that place to give that. And I always know, you know, when you win Super Bowls, the teams that lose Super Bowls, they remember the week before the Super Bowl. So they don't they, <laughs> they, don't, they don't want to remember the game. So the guys that win the games remember the games and the week before is just hype and and fun. It's just, you know, it's 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 Really, they do. They take care of you. It's well done, but it's not the game. And you're already floating around. You, you should have already done all the work. Well, not should have. You have done the work to be ready to play this Sunday.
2: Oh, it's a special time, mate. And I want to ask you about the special opportunity where you probably, you know, the argument could be said, got to play with arguably the best quarterback ever in Joe Montana. What was that like? What was that experience like, mate?
4: Well, well, I'm a defensive guy, so my, mm. you know
2: all of us on the defensive side, and and the
4: 49er organization's the culture is to give the ball to the quarterback. He is the decision maker. He is mm. the one that's gonna have the poise, and everybody on the team gives him the ball, and he and we believe in the quarterback. So that's that's all of us did that. And, I, and this team believes in that young Purdy like we believed in Joe Montana. And, and this young Purdy, the young kid, ha, you know, has got ridiculous amounts of poise, I mean, calmness in decision-making and making very quick, decisive decisions. So he, he is, I mean, cool under the pressure, but the team's playing for him. So the entire team is playing for him. When you get to this level, both the quarterbacks are great quarterbacks. They're great decision-makers that Purdy showed last week that, you know, if you're going to shut down the 49ers and go man coverage against us and blitz us, which they're going to do, is Mm. the Purdy can run the ball. He he can go through the progressions, and he can get out of the pocket, and he can run the ball. So that adds another dimension. We saw that last week against Detroit on it. But the facts are the facts. Kansas City Mm. defense does not have the ability to match up to the four or five superstars that we have on the team. They can take one or two of them away. They can't take five of them away. I mean, you've got the number one player in the game. The best player in the mm. game is not Patrick Mahomes. It's Christian McCaffrey in the entire NFL. Mm. He's on our team. <laughs> so I want to <laughs> put that out there. And if you, if you want to stop him, you're going to have to stop him running the ball. If you stop him running the ball, you're not going to be able to pass rush. You're going to give up your pass rush. So you're either going to stop him or you're going to pass rush Purdy or you're going to guess. And then you've got to be able to – Debo's one of the best receivers in the game. You've mm. got double him. You've got double IAC. You've got double Kittle. They're tight end. That's just – I mean, they don't have the depth to do that. They're relying on a very high-scoring offense and not giving us the ball is what they're going to rely on. So, you know, I'm taking, <laughs> I'm taking the San Francisco 49ers all the way.
2: Rick, just in that game against Detroit Lions, Montgomery, the running back, created a little bit of havoc there with their running game. Was that a concern for you? And, and is that an easy fix from a defensive outset from the 49ers?
4: No, that, that game, the Detroit Lions scripted their first 30 plays, designed mm. those plays with speed with this guy, and they had a perfect play call, and the first 30 scripted plays went perfectly. That happens, and our team didn't buckle. We didn't. We didn't think we were going to lose. We didn't buckle, because Bill Walsh invented the first thirty plays. That's how we play. So you've got to withstand those first thirty, and then you make the adjustment. Mm-hmm. And that little guy had great speed. We figured that out, but he could, you could tackle him with one hand and bring his ass down. So he wasn't <laughs> physical at all, and you saw that in that second half. So you, you and, and these, you know, their team didn't believe. Our team believed, and really what happened in that game is that fourth down, we shut them down the fourth down when they decided to go for it in the third quarter. You don't do that in an away game with a stadium of the opponent because the energy shifted so dramatically and stayed with the 49ers. So anybody playing our, our Superman, you're doing extraordinary feats on top of it. And it works well for defensive players. Offensive players are more calculating, but defensive players can leverage that energy. It was just tremendous to watch.
2: Brock Purdy, the way that he came back in that fourth quarter and pretty much single-handedly got them back to the game, Like I was actually quite surprised with the amount of times he got them out of trouble with his running game, mate. Was that a surprise for you? And will this occasion be overwhelming for for a young quarterback? i I've,
4: he He is seasoned he is mm. in a better place than Mahomes because he's done two major comebacks on his playoff games, mm. so he, he's got the confidence to do it, but he goes through his processing so he'll have one or two or three options. he's able to check those off, and then if they're not there, he usually, when he was younger, took a sack or made a bad, made a bad throw or whatever. but now. He's developed the other option at the end of his three decisions, the ability to run. So now Kansas City is going to have to worry about that. They're going to have to have somebody back there to stop that. So it just adds another dimension to the game, but he's going to be carried. I mean, these guys, these Super Bowl players, all of them are going to play their best games. Not all of them, but most of them, the big Superstars play their best games in Super Bowls. So you, there, I mean, there, there's going to be some outrageous talent and outrageous playing, both teams. That's why that's why you got to love this. This is the best game of the year, obviously, but it's on display, and the athletes that prepare themselves the best are going to play the best.
2: Is it a simple case of just doubling up on Travis Kelsey, doubling up on Patty Mahomes? If you're defensively out there, Ricky, what would you, you do? Can't How do would that. you approach no, this? No.
4: No, you can't do it because Kelsey, like Kittle, they're going to overmatch on DBs. The little DBs are little guys; they're not big guys, they're not physical guys. So that's always a mismatch when Kelsey goes on a DB and and that formation. That's going to happen. You know, you you're going to you're going to get that. You're going to try your best to stop that, but he will always get open. The, the key is is putting that pressure on Mahomes, that pass rush on the outside. And we've got guys Boza that can run him down. Unlike other teams, our pass rush is ridiculous, and so we've got Chase on the other side, and we've got faster linebackers than any of the NFL. This is the best group of linebackers in the NFL. So he hasn't faced that either. So it's going to be a cat and mouse game a little bit. But you know, I'm going to, Mahomes likes to take the game in his own hands, and that's when you when you leave the playbook and you take your hand in your own hands, you don't use what the team can give you. And that's why Lamar and lost the game last week. I mean, you've got to use your team. But, hey, I'm, I'm a 49 I'm not going to ever believe that Kansas City will ever be this. So I don't know where you're going with this. I am not – I'm biased. I'm not, I, I know I am, so I'm not going to say anything else but that.
2: Yeah, I love it. I love a passion, mate. I'm the same for the Crusaders, and I get ripped out constantly on the radio show because I'm one-eyed as as, as anything. Ricky Allison, where are you going to be watching the game on Monday night here in New Zealand? Where are you going to be watching it, mate? Will you be wearing your three rings on your fingers?
4: I won't be wearing them. They'll be on display. But I'm going to watch it at home. I'm not going to go to Vegas. I have not. I've been to Vegas too many times. I'm too old for that. (laughs) But I... (laughs) I'm going to enjoy the victory with my family and friends here, and uh, show off my rings. And uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited for it.
2: Can you give us a little prediction, please? Is it going to be as one-sided as that Broncos third ring you you achieved?
4: No, no, it's going to be a. It's, put, it's a. It's a win. We're going to win it. Mm. So I, I don't really care what the scores are or whatever. I do expect Kansas City to be ahead. In the first part of the game, I do expect that. And then I think it's it's all 49ers in the second half. And you'll see it. It's going to be so fun to watch.
2: <laughs> Beautiful. You know, Ricky be Allison. We appreciate you coming on the show and, and being part of it, leading up to the, arguably the biggest week, the biggest game in America. Thank you so much, man. I know you're a busy man. We appreciate your time.
4: I enjoy it. And, you know, I've always remembered Hagley Park. That's one of my first... <laughs> big games i've ever seen in my life i was a little boy going out there to watch the all blacks play um <laughs> that was that was also pretty pretty great too so okay well have fun enjoy the game
1: Thanks. It's a minute away from 8 o'clock. A few texts through on double eight double three. This one from Kevin in Titarangi. Uh, he says, morning, guys. Aussie versus the Black Caps. That's what I'm taking, especially uh, if you pick the test because you're getting five days instead of two hours. He's talking about our poll, of course. He says, they're going to watch with interest. The Black Caps uh, are going to be up against it with Hazelwood, Cummins, Stark, and Lyon. A big turnaround from what they're facing now. Lyon will be annoying to our batsmen. What do you reckon, is he? Mm.
2: Yeah, it's gonna, mate, it's going to be a hell of a test series against Australia. This is a real line in the sand to see where this team's at. You're taking on the best in the business, and they're bringing a, a really competitive side. So, mate, is by far the, the game that you want
1: to go and watch. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and uh, Michael Oldsworth also messaged through to let us know that uh, Sky announced yesterday that Sky Open, which is used to be Prime, I think, mm. they're showing free-to-air... NRL and uh, Super Rugby games this year too, which will be great. Uh, It is time for news now with Araha, thanks to Kubota. It is four past eight here on SENZ Breakfast. Izzy and Ricardo with you. Welcome into your Friday morning if you're just joining us. Coming up this hour, Casey Frank, Sam Burgesson as well. We're going to play questions and hear from Pip Morris From the TAB Mm. as well. Actually, I was just watching the Pat McAfee shows on ESPN at the moment. They've got uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson in as Mm. a guest ahead of the Super Bowl. And, you know, in questions I ask you, some questions that are sport-related and some that aren't, they they, they asked uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, when you go to a restaurant, Mm. do you eat at the bar? Do you eat in a booth? Or do you sit at the head of the table? What?
2: Yeah, I know. <laughs> this, I'm, picking, I'm picking he was the head of the table
1: guy. He was the head of the uh, table guy. Yeah. Yeah, this is my, what if it's a, a circular table? What, uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm. Yeah, like, like King Arthur. Yeah, well, I had
2: dinner out last night. It was a circular table and it was, uh, yeah, well, there's no head of the table. For, for me,
1: mm. oh, yeah, yeah, whatever's on option, but he, yeah, you just sit anywhere, don't you? i just sit anywhere. I think Casey Frank would just sit where the most leg room is, wouldn't you, Casey?
0: <laughs> always. <laughs> that is always the number one choice and my number one concern on all seating uh, arrangements. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, welcome into the show, mate, the Hungry Jacks NBL. You can watch this season live on Sky Sports, mate. And getting to the business end, uh, I was reading something that I think it was uh, Homicide Williams wrote on the NBL uh, website about a week ago, saying the Breakers can make it, they need to win three of their last five. Well, they did that. They won in Perth, but now it looks like, it looks like they need to ruin three of their last four. So uh, are the results not falling their way at the moment?
0: Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. Uh, there's still a bit of water going under the bridge, but I, I do think they're in pretty good pre- position. And that's mostly because of their winning percentage. They've had some big scoring games, and they've blown a few teams out. And, and the, the way the tiebreaker goes, for anybody who's not familiar, is you take all the points you scored and you divide it by the points scored against and what that percentage is gives you the breakers right now are sitting in that fourth fifth position, so they have a good chance that if they do end on the tie break they 'll be one of the teams that meets the six because a lot of teams they 're fighting with Illawarra brisbane adelaide those teams' percentages just aren 't going to be able to meet them with the games loud if the breakers take care of business and get those dubs.
2: Casey, what do you make of the season so far with um, you know injury plague throughout the year Merdie may or has been uh, vocal about if he had a fully strength side, um, you know what could have been. Well, he's lost his, arguably his best player, Anthony Lamb. You know how have you made? What have you made of this season?
0: You know what? I've been impressed by uh, the way that Modi and the Breakers players in general have basically just stayed on message. Uh, You know, Mm -hmm. there's been a lot of injuries. Uh, I think uh, we're we're talking about maybe like eight minutes total on the season that this team has had a fully strength roster of three imports and all their local players on the court. And uh, I believe that's only happened for one game, and it was the last game when Anthony Lamb got hurt and blew blew his Achilles. So uh, to be able to be in a position at this stage despite all that turbulence, uh, and this isn't turbulence to players on the fringes. These are key players. You know, the, starting with Jessup, a lot of their offense was, was worked around. He was out for a long time. No Will McDowell-White, who was the key, I think, to that run last season, the way he's playing for half the season. Finn Delaney, who was a, the biggest to recruit locally, uh, you know, the biggest local guy to come back in, hasn't been, been, been here for most of the season. So to have all of that going on around you and to still have a team that's playing for each other, that's listening to the coach, that's playing hard and doing the things they need to do to win, Hasn't played their best basketball yet, but, you know, that's going to be a struggle with all those injuries. So to be in this position, sitting at 11 and 13, uh, just one game behind the team they're about to play, you know, in the Hawks. If they get that win, they're they're tied with them on wins in in the win and loss column. So uh, with all that, I mean, if I was on the team, I'd be pretty proud of the way that that things had gone because they've gone with all that turbulence and fought through it.
1: I guess things are very much in in the hands of the Breakers because looking at it, they've got four games left, as I mentioned. One of those is against Melbourne United at the top, but they also play the Hawks, the Bullets, and the 36ers, all teams uh, that they're, they're vying for a, a, a place with. How do you think they are set up uh, to, to get the dubs there? And, and, and you see them maybe resting a few against Melbourne United, thinking that's a game we don't need to win and just focusing on the other three?
0: I don't think Modi's ever walked into a game in his life and thought that the game didn't <laughs> even <need to> win. <laughs> 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 so I, I don't, I don't uh, think they'll do that, especially because they've had some good games against Melbourne. Uh, it's a team that I think if they play well, they have a chance to get that win. And if, you know, if they come out and get four wins in their last five, they could be looking at, a, at possibly a home game in the plan, maybe even work their way all, all, all the way up into the third spot. So, so uh, it's really important for them to, to keep playing each one. When you do look at the teams outside of Melbourne, because that won't affect the standings, but this game against Illawarra, I think, is of the utmost importance. Uh, it's a team that's already come onto their home court and beaten them once this season. Uh, you know, the, the the first road win, the first win they had last the season ago was Tyler Harvey with a huge last second three. So it's a team that plays well in this environment. Uh, Justin Tatum is back. His first game as coach, when everybody thought it was going to be a disaster of a season, was against the Breakers, and that's when they turned their year around. So... They've got something to prove against this team. Brisbane, uh, they're they're not, I think, as good as the breakers on the perimeter, but on the interior. The bigs they have are really good, and that's one of the breakers' weaknesses. So that's going to be a tough game as well. And and then the 36ers, a completely different team halfway through the season. So uh, those are all games that I think are winnable, but there is no team in this competition that the breakers can't play well against and still get a win. They have to go out there, play their best offensively, and find a way to get it done defensively, which hasn't been their strength, defensively on the glass. If they could just do enough there, that offensive firepower, I think, is going to get them to 14 wins. But even at 13, they still might be able to sneak in on percentages.
2: 76 is with Joel Embiid going out. That's a huge loss if we know what he is able to provide for that team. Well, uh, with the the Anthony Lamb injury, he provides 19.4 points and six rebounds a game. Who is going to be able to have to step up Do they have to make adjustments to their game? Are they going to be going to see a different style of play from the Breakers with his loss?
0: I think so, uh, because as the season's gone along, Anthony Lamb has become a bit of a security blanket for them in the half court. Uh, the breakers are fantastic in transition really push things and get going there offensively in the half court at times it gets stagnant and lamb has had that ability to take care of uh, any matchup on him if if they put a perimeter guy on him he just takes him right to the post puts him in the grindhouse two points on the hook shot if they put a big on him takes him outside uses that three point range to draw him off and use the up fake and get inside so he's really been the guy that's Kept the scoreboard ticking over in the half court this season. Uh, I think uh, I'd like to see Zylan Cheatham take on some of that. I think his ability as an inside out guy, the ability to put it on the floor, beat the bigger guys, but also on those switches, take the the, the guards into the hole, I think he's got a similar skill set there. But at the same time, I think fin Delaney is a ready made replacement. Uh, you know, he hasn't been playing, so he's back into the lineup. You can take those minutes that were Anthony Lamb's and give them to, to Findlaney. I, I think he's some similar skill sets in that. They both are quicker guys who can post up as well. Uh, Certainly, Anthony Lamb is an NBA talent. I think he would have been back in the NBA next season based on his performances this year had he not got injured. So it is a lot to make up for. But I do think, considering the way that the injuries have gone in and guys have gone out and come back at the same time, that's essentially a like-for-like replacement. And I see a lot of that coming down on Finn's
1: shoulders. How impressive was the win in Perth last weekend?
0: Uh, just uh, anytime you get a win in Perth, it's a really big job. You know, uh, just to travel from New Zealand alone, which you have to go to get over there, and when you're playing, uh, you know, if you're playing at whatever time of the day, it's you know, essentially four hours later for your body clock. It's a big ask. It's an even bigger ask against a team that's been playing well and knows their identity. The defensive day job they did on Bryce Cotton is maybe the best job I've ever seen a Breakers team do on him. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the physicality with, I could just throw that in a the dumpster. They hit him one time. It's not that big a deal. They'll be okay. But, uh, uh, you know, he is a player that you have to use length on. The breakers have good guys to take that away. And when Bryce Cotton isn't playing well, the Wildcats don't play well. And uh, the breakers are one of the few teams in the league, I think, that have the per- personnel to really make things difficult for him. But even that said, you never know where he's going to get off. So to, to get that win at a time where they needed it the most, where they're looking at having to get – Four wins out of five games. Uh, that, that's huge on the road, especially coming off uh, a, a couple of t- tough weeks before that.
1: Should we, should we rename Bryce Cotton Bryce Cotton Softs? Because uh, he was having such <laughs> a suck on the court. It he, he looked like he was in serious need of some tissues.
0: I, I mean, I, I just really appreciate the online conversation from Perth Wildcat fans who cheered for Damian Martin for a decade. And now they're complaining about somebody playing physically, defensively. It is part of the game. When you're not, when you're not a little bit slight, it's what's going to happen. They're going to beat you up. They're going to come at you. You know, I wasn't complaining when the guards were running around me and using their quickness. Use the tools you have. Uh, and one of the tools against Bryce Cotton is beating him up a little bit. And it's something he's going to have to get used to. I, I personally don't, don't think he's being beaten up. I don't think he's being targeted. I just think it's part of the game but the Wildcats are certainly using uh, everything they can to draw some attention to it to hopefully get those calls going down the
1: stretch. Now Melbourne United are top of the table with 18-7 and seven record, Perth 16-9, and nine. and then you look to Tasmania at 14-12 and 12, uh, and others. Nobody's really dominating the league this year. Do you, do you look at it and, and see as someone who you think could be a clear winner, or do or you think it's going to be a dogfight to the end?
0: Uh, I think early in the season, the United looked like that team that was going to be head and shoulders above everybody. They certainly have the most depth. They've got great talent inside and out, but that's a team that hasn't dealt really well with some of the injuries, uh, I think, as well as the Breakers have. Even though they're still up there, they're not playing their best basketball. Uh, I do think there's a clear delineation in terms of talent between Melbourne and Perth and the rest of the teams in the league. Those two teams, I think, have a better understanding of who they are and have great combinations of that inside-outside uh, skill set, that you the ability to do both things. But that said, I don't think there's a clear winner. I think uh, the way, what we've seen, especially for teams on the road, is teams are struggling. Uh, if you're able to go in and sneak one uh, on the at that home court, at, at Perth, at Melbourne, and the breakers have just proved that that's very likely to do. You know, Melbourne's lost a few games at home as well. So, so no team's going to go into this thinking that they're set for it. All six teams that make that final six are going to have a good shot at getting to the grand final series and maybe bringing home the chip.
1: Now, uh, we're going to switch focus, Casey, to the uh, NBA because the trade window closes today and some big deals being done uh, as we speak. Uh, probably the biggest of those, Buddy Heald, from the Pacers to the Sixers. If Joel and Beebe is fit and they've got Buddy Heald, how much of a threat are they?
0: I, I like to pick up the field. You know, uh, that shooter on the weak side to give that opportunity for Embiid to have a little bit more space uh, so Maxie can get in there and really take those lanes. Before Embiid got hurt, uh, he, I was really liking the way they're playing. I think uh, Embiid's looking like uh, an old-school dominant big man. You know, you haven't seen somebody play to that level. Uh, the thing that's obviously concerning is the mystery behind this knee injury. They've barely called it a surgery. They haven't really said what it is. Based on the timelines that it's come out, it looks like they shaved off some of his meniscus and a tear. So it's they just take it out. That way you can come back a little bit more quickly, three, four, three to four weeks instead of two to three months, uh, which is a dangerous move on a man his size. If, if Embiid comes back full strength, I, I think they're one of the top two teams in the East. But I do think even with Buddy Heald, it's going to be a struggle for them to, to beat the Boston Celtics out there. But they certainly have a chance if that big fella can find a way to get healthy
2: it been a long time, Casey, since we've seen Jalen Brunson and the New York Knicks being so competitive as they are. Well, they just acquired Bojan Badanovic and Alec Burks from the Detroit Pistons in exchange for a couple of other players. What, what has that done for their squad, mate? And how surprised have you been with the Knicks?
0: Well, I'm not surprised, per se, because I love the way that T- Coach Thibodeau has them playing there, but mm-hmm. the way that they've bought into the style, the team that they've become since OG and Anobi came over in that trade earlier, which to me has mm-hmm. been the best tree, trade of the, uh, of the trading season, to pick up him and, and just have this, this defensive identity for a coach who loves to play defense. I mean, I, I love what the Knicks do. You know, originally, I'm a New Yorker. My, dad, my, 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 my dad's looking down. He's very happy. He's going back to the, the Nick days of old. New York's going crazy about it, and... To me, it's all about Jalen Brunson. I mean, uh, what he's shown as a scoring guard, he he really has become one of the best clutch players in the NBA. He just knows how to get a shot off at the NBA level time and time again. They've got that guy. But now bringing in Bojanovic uh, on that weak side as a a, a good-sized defender and a solid shooter. I mean, this makes this team that's pretty big even bigger. You know, Boyan—he's he's 6'7", 6'8", really strokes the ball well. He got out of that hellhole in Detroit, so he can actually play some winning basketball now. Burks might be able to help them as well. Uh, you know, they've needed some, a little bit more strength on the interior. You're not sure if Mitchell Robinson's going to return. But the Knicks are a team that I love watching. I just wonder if they have that top-tier talent to get further than the second round against the Milwaukee, against the Boston Celtics, or against the Philadelphia 76ers. But they play the type of defense that you want to be able to play in the postseason and can grind teams down, a la with the Miami Heat have done the last few years. So you never know.
1: Uh, Just on that, they haven't made much in the way of trades, but uh, if you look at their roster, Golden State still look very, very good. Can you explain why they're not even in the play-in tournament at the moment?
0: Well, talk about turmoil. And it's a uh, (laughs) two-season bit of turmoil for them. I, I, I still think they've got a hangover from what happened last year with Draymond Green and Jordan Poole. I think when that happens uh, between one of the leaders on your team, when you have an incident like that, and for those unfamiliar, it's when Draymond Green punched Jordan Poole at practice uh, and that basically ended their season last year. I think there's some hangovers from that. When you throw in the fact mm. that Draymond Green's had those two big suspensions, you've got to deal with that mentally. Klay uh, Thompson, who is still good. Uh, he, he's, he's not burnt just yet, but he's just not the player he was. He's not a $45 million-a-player guy. He's still averaging 17. But, and when he's not at that level he was a few seasons ago, teams can play a, a bit more attention to Steph Curry. Uh, there hasn't been a lot of players coming through outside of Jonathan Kaminga, who now looks like the sole head out of the draft classes for the last few years. So they've lost those veterans. The young guys coming up haven't quite been up to the level that they need them to be. And, you know, as, as good as every dynasty is, eventually it ends. And these are all guys in their mid-30s who are carrying it. Steph Curry, Draymond Green, and Clay Thompson. Uh, that, that are just getting a little bit older. The regular season becomes harder. And, and you, you, when you can't figure it out, it tends to feel like it stumbles. And that's when you toss on all those other things, the extracurricular activities of Draymond Green, the – GM leaving in the off-season, Bob Myers, you know, saying, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to deal with that stuff next year. It is a lot to overcome. Uh, that said, I think they might be able to sneak in the plan.
1: Yeah, it's might be able to sneak in. We'll have to see. Keep an eye on them. Anything with that with that roster, they're going to be dangerous no matter where they come in. Casey, thank you very much for coming on, man. Uh, keep up the good work Thanks, on, on, on Sky covering the NBL as well. Look forward to that Breakers game tonight. Ciao, sure, boys. Talk to you later. Cheers. Casey Frank with us. You're listening to SENZ Breakfast, powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors, and land pride attachments. Oh, a lot of questions. A lot of questions, Izzy dag, Time for questions. I know you love this time of the of the week, Friday. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you. What? Change that second one. Change the second one? Oh, <laughs> I didn't write that one, actually. That was in there when I went in. Somebody oh, else wrote that? that in. Yes. I know exactly who you wrote there. <laughs> Uh, questions, where where are you watching the Super Bowl? Where am I watching
2: the Super Bowl? I'll be watching it at home here. I did it last year and I um, I made these chicken wings and we mm. had chicken wings with some ranch sauce and uh, watched Patty Mahomes come back and, and be, beat the Eagles and Jalen Hurts. So I'll be watching it at home. I'm going to do something similar. I'll put on some nice food and just make a day of it, make an afternoon of it
1: because it's really long. So that's
2: what I'll be watching at Rick Dog
1: with some nice tucker. Awesome, mate. Also, well, that plays into, uh, I'm going to skip when then. I'm going to go to what. What is your big game snack? You just talked about what, wings uh, with ranch, but, I mean, it's a big game, Super Bowl, four, four hours. What is your big game snack uh, on Monday?
2: Ooh, big game snack will be some chips and some dips, followed by a can of Coke, you know, and then we'll have a nice platter, chicken wings, and then I'm thinking a nice big rump or ribeye that I'm going to slow cook on the smoker and, you know, put some nice dry rubs on it with some potatoes, some duck fat potatoes. I'm going to go all out on Monday. Yeah. And and that's the big game, snack for me. But during it, yeah, you know, chips and dip, popcorn. You know, got to – do you like – what are those little – um? you know when you go to someone's house and they have mm. those little green – Yuck. Horrible things and they put them in dips. What are they... Oh, I forgot the name. Of As, them asparagus. So I don't eat them. No, not asparagus. <laughs> Robbie will know because he looks like
1: one that eats one. Um, <laughs> it's green and it's horrible and you put it in dip. People eat them all the time. Oh, celery bro?
2: sticks? It, celery sticks! Yeah. That's it! Yuck! <laughs> they won't be
1: having any of that in my house. <laughs> no celery... <laughs> it's a celery stick-free zone. Those can all go to Robbie's mm. house. Uh, who is going to play 15 for the Crusaders with Lee Halfpenny gone for most of the season.
2: Yes, yeah, sad. Wasn't it seeing Lee Halfpenny tour as pe- pictorial? Um, so big big loss for him. Would have been good to see him, what he was able to do for the Crusaders. Only lasted, what, 10 odd minutes. Uh, for 15, it's easy. It's easy. He's going to play there for the Crusaders. He's going to play there for the All Blacks. It's got to be Will Jordan. Will Jordan will be playing at the back and then that opens up a couple of opportunities for the wing. I think Mecca Springer this year is going to have a huge season for the Crusaders and uh, we'll get a ton of opportunities. So Will Jordan at the back for the Crusaders, Will Jordan at the back for the All Blacks.
1: Well, now that we've talked about the Crusaders, um, that mm. probably does tie back into question number two. Uh, when when are you going to dye your hair red? Because, I mean, it works for the beginning of the Super Rugby season, doesn't it, for you? You can kind of play it off as being a Super Crusaders fan then. I, I look, I've, I've got to be honest, I'm, I'm not allowed <laughs> have you had the
2: hard word uh, i've had i cannot do it like i'm 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 r- r- tinge ready so you imagine tinge on tinge you know <laughs> Kimpy. yeah look everyone knows kempi wants to go die his hair again blonde because he loved it but the reality is me going red on red and, and absolutely turn into uh, a ginger ninja no um nah look i i don't know
1: israel I mean, tito i'm, I'm I'm gutted you brought it up. <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> I thought I got past it. No, I thought you thought I got it
1: out of the way. Mate, no, we never forget. We never forget. Uh, why do you support the Carolina Panthers?
2: This is a question I get asked all the time. Um, I guess when you start following a sport, there's a reason why you follow that sport. and It's because of the players that are in that team. Well, when I first started following the Carolina Panthers, they had Cam Newton. And they had Greg Olson, who was arguably one of the best tight ends in the game. Greg Olson's doing commentary at the moment. He's my by far my favorite player, and he had to retire because of concussions. And uh, that is the reason. Cam Newton and Greg Olson and uh, Steph Curry actually follow follows mm. him uh, as well. He's a supporter mm, yeah. of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Ron Rivera, when he was there, they nearly took took them to Super Bowl glory, but Von Miller took it upon himself to destroy Cam Newton in Super Bowl against the Broncos. So we came so close, and it has been an absolute struggle as of late.
1: Yes, uh, it has been a struggle. That is one way to put it. So that is why. That is why. Okay, good to know, And in Super Bowl <laughs> week. Uh, finally, how do you like your eggs? How do I like my eggs?
2: <laughs> this is so random.
1: <laughs> I love it.
2: How do I like my eggs poached? I like a poached mm. egg and um, I'm pretty, pretty good at it, too. I rate myself out of poachy. Okay. Yeah, a bit of hot water, and then uh, you know, put a bit of um, vinegar in it just to keep the eggs whole, and slowly cook it, and then you don't want it too hot. You don't want it boiling so the ke- eggs overcook relatively quick. You mm. want to keep it on medium to hot temperature, and then just slowly put a bit of hot water over the top of the yolk. You know, just get it nice and firm, but not overly cooked. You still want a bit of runny egg. Still want a bit you want of runny. a little bit of runny, yes. and then you put them out on some Vogels, you put some salt and pepper on, you put a, dab, a couple of dabs of mayonnaise on the side, a bit of relish, and you have some
1: eggs on toast. So I'm <laughs> a poached egg man there, Rick Dog. Yeah, Yeah, I'm with you on that, mate. Poached eggs is good. There you go. That is questions for our Friday. Uh, still to come, Pip Morris from the TAB, Sam Burgesson for Love Racing as well. Right now, here is Araha with the latest in news. Thanks for, to Kubota. Take on any job this summer with Kubota's range. It is 26 away from 9. Revive and redesign your homes with spaces for living sale at Choices Flooring. Here are your Choices Flooring poll results. We asked, on the back of both test matches against Australia, selling out at Hagley Oval and the Basin Reserve, what would you rather go to in terms of New Zealand versus Australia clashes? Black Caps versus Australia, All Blacks versus Wallabies, Kiwis, Kangaroos, or Silver Ferns versus Diamonds? And here are your results. Tied at number one with 31% of the vote each, Black Caps versus Australia and Kiwis versus Kangaroos. And 28, 28% in third place, mm. All Blacks, Wallabies, and Silver Ferns, Diamonds, and 10% in fourth.
2: You know what that says? <laughs> they what... are starved of rugby league,
1: international rugby league, rugby league in they general. They are starved of rugby league chat. Well, and they they are also starved of competition, and that's uh, they, and the wallabies. They, maybe they don't see it as competition. They they see kiwis, kangaroos as being a tighter game.
2: Look, obviously played in a couple, but mm. out of that those options, you are going to the others, aren't you? Yeah. Like the kiwis, kangaroos would be. Well, I've never been to a, a kiwis, kangaroo game, so I'd love to see that, and I want to see the black caps taking all the best in the business. So it's no competition, particularly with that rivalry just limping along.
1: Mm, yeah, it's always good to talk rugby league as well as you uh, as you mentioned there, Izzy. That and, was great. Oh, yeah, great this morning. Uh, transform- I've got no oxygen left now. <laughs> transform your home with spaces for living, revive and redesign salad choices, flooring offering 20-plus discounted styles. Uh, when it comes to rugby league, there are not too many better than Pip Morris from the TAB. She joins us now. Check out the grand <laughs> TAB.co.nz, Bit safely, R18. She's got two eye patches, and both of them are like licorice all sorts. Uh, Panthers fan Pip Morris, good morning.
6: Good morning to you, and yeah, there's no question what I'd be going to, that's for
1: sure. 100%, Pip, 100%. A big weekend this weekend. Of course, Super Bowl, a lot of chat around that. How is that looking for you guys? What's big for you, and uh, what deals you got going
6: on? 80% of the turnover and the head-to-head at $2.03 is on the cheap. Mahomes in the Super Bowl MVP, best found there at $2.50 boosted. And there's been $1,000 on the Chiefs at two oh three. If you place a three-leg or more multi on the game and you miss by one leg, we'll give you a bonus bet there as well. But at this stage, it's all Taylor Swiftman, Chiefs all the way uh, in the Super Bowl, which is yeah, about 80%. I reckon it could even get up to 85 the way that they're tracking.
1: Taylor's- wow, it- Yeah, Taylor Swift famously has her most success when somebody breaks up with her uh, because that's when she writes all her sad songs. Do you reckon she'll have an absolute smash hit on her hands if the Chiefs lose the Super Bowl?
6: Oh, absolutely. You hit the nail on the
2: head, Carter. Do you think it was a conspiracy with the NFL setting up that date?
6: No,
1: I'd ho- I'd like to say no, but hey, you never know. It's Hollywood, right? Hundred percent, it's <laughs> Hollywood. Hundred hey, uh, percent. we had uh, we had Tony Kemp on the show earlier uh, this morning, and he tipped us out um, a multi today uh, at the Whanganui races. Uh, he gave us in race two, Boomtown Boy top four at a dollar eighty. In race three, Cindy uh, top three at a dollar fifty, and then in race four. Little Hooves got moves top four at two dollars seventy. I see got that is, scratched. Yeah, it's just been scratched though, Pip. But what did what did you make of those tips? I
6: actually like them. The one that's been scratched, maybe you can chuck it into Lokanora in the last. That's the best bet on the program. Uh, the favourite there at around two dollars and thirty. But yeah, kempi has got his uh, mind on the money there. Very Ooh. very good.
2: He'll know that too because he didn't even yeah. say this horse, and that is Al Sharock. So maybe he is holding that gravy to himself. No surprises, old Tony Kim. Well, that is today. What about tomorrow at Tarapa? we got Sam Burgesson and the Walker Burgesson stable coming up shortly. Where's the money going for the big three races of the day?
6: Yeah, Legends Day. Well, Legato in the group one Herbie Dyke, no surprise. Fifty one percent of the turnover is on her despite the dollar seventy five in race six. Adam I am, he in race number seven there, the Cutapiro Classic, forty two percent on the favorite there as well. And Crochetti in the B C D group sprint is the best backed in race eight. You can actually shot the boosted multi, Legato and Crochetti both to win at four seventy five. Um, not a bad uh, considering her sectionals last start and stepping up to the 2000 metres In behind them Molly Bloom obviously in the Karen and David Ellis Philly's Classic, she's best back there as well but there is a little bit of money around horses like Livid Sky and Mary Shan and in behind of course Legato there is money for horses like Campanessa, no surprise obviously with Opion, so it'll be interesting to see if Sam thinks uh, she can beat Legato
2: Can you see anything Anything like Qu- uh Quintessa maybe potentially in that race uh eight B C D uh sprint beating Cruschetti. Oh
6: I just I don't know yet. I haven't I don't think I've seen enough from Quintessa to beat a horse like him. Considering he carried 60 kilos last time at yeah. Ellerslie and still put the away, and she's his same age, where probably the horse you want to worry about is maybe a Wytak, who's coming off the railway, he's proven, yes, he has to carry the weight, but he's an older horse that's already done that, gone over to Australia, come back. So I think maybe he's the biggest competition to Chris but but yeah, definitely as big as Tess, but he's only got to carry the 55.5, so we'll see how special he is tomorrow.
2: Beautiful. Or anything else, just quickly before we let you go? And before you go, was it, correct me if I'm wrong, but did you tip out a dog last weekend at one?
6: <laughs> no, it's not third, It got but my sweat potential did win. <laughs> um, bonus back, though, so I hope you got that bonus bet back. And there is bonus bets on the first two races, and tomorrow being Legends Day, it's Grand Tour Day as well. So the first six races from there. A bonus back opportunities, and then down at Wickerden the first four races, as well as Caulfield and the other big meeting there, Ranwick across the Tasman. And tonight too, there's Group One racing at Addington for the harness and the Group One breeders. It's actually, the Northern horses taking the money. Lady of the Light, so a meeting I think definitely worth
2: watching. Go on then, redeem yourself.
6: Alright, I'll give you a dog. That's <laughs> am <I'm> up <laughs> Butler in race number 10. He was 3.20s, backed into $2.80
1: but I think he'll be winning Alright, yeah. good stuff. Thanks Pip Go Get well
5: mate
1: a no great, Have a great weekend uh, There you go, Pip Morris from the TAB and uh, if you want to check out all the odds, promos and boosted odds you can do the Grand Tour Hub at tab.co.nz Bet safely R 18 Coming up next, Sam Burgesson joins us for Love Racing, it is 19 from 9 it is 14 away from 9 o'clock. LoveRacing.nz, your home of thoroughbred racing. And St. Burgesson joins us uh, for our Love Racing update. Morning, Sam. How are you doing? Morning, guys. Good, thank you. Sammy, great to have you on
2: the show, mate. Uh, big weekend of racing coming up for you and the team. But just quickly, the Karaka sales just took place, mate. You happy with uh, David Ellison Co.'s purchases?
5: Yeah, really happy. Um, Dave bought 25 yearlings there, Um, (laughs) you know, for a a range of budgets, um, you know, in all shapes and sizes. So some that look early um, and some that'll take it um, a bit more time. But, you know, there's plenty there for everyone Um, and and shares are available on the website. So have a look. Um, But yes, plenty of nice horses to look forward to.
2: Beautiful, mate. All right, let's look forward to Legends Day at Tarapa on the weekend. I know there's a couple for you running around today, so we'll get a lead-in on those. But Saturday is a big day for you. It'll be remiss of me not to talk about this horse because Anton's in it. So insatiable in race three, mate. How's it tracking? Yeah, good. He's, he's come back
5: from, from the south um, where I thought he had a good campaign. Unfortunately, a bit of a niggly gait. Um, we, so we'll probably need a little bit of luck from out there But we've got Opie on, so that always helps um, He just needs to get a bit of cover and relax um, But I thought his trial there at Taupo last week was good We just gave him a quiet hit out um, to bring him on um, And we think he's ready to run a nice race there on today.
2: Beautiful, and we'll look forward to the Herbie Dykes Group 1 on Saturday, taking on Legado who, if given a run, is going to be difficult to beat, but Campionessa struggled in the Thornton mile. How's it pulled up? How's air pulled up? Yeah, good. We'll, we'll just sort of turn the page. Um,
5: unfortunately the track that ga- day got really sticky mm. um, and she drew one, so she was just never never really got going in the ground that um, Cameron wrote her that day. Um, and yeah, just sort of never quick and, and never looked likely, so um, you know, we gave her a, a light time After the trip to Wellington um, She's come back in really good order We gave her a gallop between races there at Meta, Meta um, On Wednesday on her home track uh, Between races And, you know, she was really good Something sort of different for her um, And Palmer rode her that day and, and said, you know, she's going really well He rides most of her work um, Obviously, you're right, Legato is, is the benchmark um, But, you know, our has got a really good record At Tarapa, which I think is key um, And I yep. feel probably from that barrier, hopefully slide across and, and sort of be sort of the front half of the midfield um, and I'm sure if she gets it the right run um, you know, she can be in it for a long way
2: What are the conditions looking like at Tarapa this weekend? Has it been a bit of rain around?
5: Yeah, well not so far this week it looks like there's a little bit of rain forecast tomorrow which would make it interesting but it, it looks like it's being, coming back to less and less um, every day so whether they get it is another thing but it looks like there are a few showers about so that could make
2: it interesting. Well, a hell of a race in race eight, the BCD Group Sprint. You've got Dragon Leap, you've got Wytak, you've got Fraglione, and you've got City. Well, you've got your very own impressive horse, Quintessa, that has had some pretty astute owners that own that horse. Quintessa, mate, ridden by Matty Cameron? Yeah, look, obviously,
5: um, you know, she's a three-year-old filly coming up against the hard and wait for age older horses as well as the the new kid on the block crescetti who's unbeaten so it's gonna be it's gonna be a very interesting race um come saturday but but really happy with our filly um like she when she wins her races she doesn't win them by far but she is a winner like she knows where the line is um and Mm. and gives it her all she's another one that had a hit out between races here um on her home track um and sort of just She'll sort of just goes through the motions um, in her work, but sort of saves it for race day when the blinkers go on. So, like, really happy with her. She is obviously, you know, taking a step up. She's a last start group one winner, but against her own age group. So, um, yeah, we're going to know a lot more after Saturday, but hopefully, you know, she can run a really nice race there, and it, it should hopefully be a good stepping stone to the Australian Guineas in
2: three weeks' time. Beautiful mate. We've had a message come through from one of our listeners who loves a pun. He said, "Can you ask Sam what one of theirs they prefer? At and race three on Saturday, and I think there's Lady of Court in that race."
5: Yeah. Um. So, so, Lady of Court, we're we're just about to scratch tranquilla. We sort of talked to the owners there, um, and she's drawn the outside, and there's a race for her in a couple of weeks. So, um, Lady of Court will probably. She'll probably only be our only runner. Um, I thought she went really good first up here at Matter um, on her home track, and then hopefully we can sort of look to a black-type race for her in two weeks' time.
2: All right, give us a little update of Imperatries. Obviously, you had a trial at Cranbourne lately. Mickey D came out and said, oh, pretty cruisy, didn't show us too much. How's Imperatries looking?
5: Yeah, um, sort of just talking to Mark and, and Ben, who's over there. Uh, Mark flies out on, on Sunday to to keep an eye on her over the week. Um, look, she's come out of it well. She, I think, just don't think she really put in, obviously, on her home track there. Um, mm. She sort of just went through the m- motions a bit, we thought. Um, like, to the eye, it probably wasn't her, her flashiest trial. Um, but, you know, she's a pretty laid-back mare there at home. Um, so I think she goes to Mooney Valley on Monday for a for a gallop, um, and that'll top her off nicely for the Lightning on, on Saturday. Obviously, it, it's hard to win Group 1s over there. Um she's done a, a fantastic job for us in the spring and hopefully she can go on with it this campaign and and, and keep up to those odds.
2: Hell of a season last year, mate. You must be really proud of how she was able to go through and pretty much win everything. A sense of throne, Derby horse. Yeah, so he's in he's
5: in next Saturday, um in the Evendale Guineas. Um, he's tracking nicely, he seems to have come through um, that Tarapa run well. Um, you know, he's still only lightly raced, so it's sort of all ahead of him. But Opie said he's going to love the derby trip, so he's another one to look forward to.
2: Beautiful, Sammy. All right, mate, fill our punters up with some goodness. Give us your best of the day for tomorrow and today potentially in Whanganui.
5: Yeah, so Wanganui today, I probably between the of them I'd lean to tightly laced. Um, I just think she's got the run under her belt. Um, Mezucata's coming off a bit of a freshen up um, and can still do a, a little bit wrong, um, but it's a nice horse going forward. Um, and probably tomorrow... Oh, we've got a, two, a two-year-old down at Rickerton, but I think he's probably too short to tip. So um, I, I, I really like certainly in race two. I think she's pretty short as well, though. So probably not, not a lot to get the punters excited about. Um, but yeah, I think inspired by art as well. She could, could run a, a nice race in the, um, the Phillies Classic race there, a step up from Maidens, but um, she's good, Billy.
2: Beautiful, Sammy, mate. Appreciate you coming on, giving us a wee update of uh, Legends Day on the weekend. All the best, mate, and uh, hopefully the Tiakal colours are flying past that finish line. Thanks, mate.
1: Cheers, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, have a great weekend. Sam Burgess in there with us. Love Racing.nz for all your thoroughbred racing news, previews, replays, profiles, and more. We are six away from nine. It is a minute away from 9 o'clock, and that means that uh, Izzy has uh, sloped off early uh, because uh, he's uh, on dad duty, uh, Louie. He's going to go to the beach today for a school trip, so he's he, he's had to shoot off there, and apparently it's raining in Christchurch. So he's, he's going to have a lovely day at the beach, isn't he?
2: Yeah, and it was the museum yesterday, um, uh day before I think they were off to the Bridge of Remembrance. Uh, I think there was a windmill they were doing a school trip to on Tuesday.
1: Monday was, oh no, Tuesday was Waitangi Day, so Monday was the windmill. Yeah, so he's he's, he's been busy. He was telling me the other day that Daisy's just uh, volunteering him for everything at the moment, so he's, he's absolutely loving that, mate. Now, what have you got coming up after nine? And that's good, by the way. That's that's great to hear for Daggy. Uh, what have we got coming up
2: after nine? We've got Matt Todd. I just spoke to Matt Todd out of Bristol because mm. the Crusaders are up there. And I, I want to delve into it. I'll call it a mini existential crisis about super rugby slash rugby in general because um, I don't know if you saw a story out of the rule this morning, but they tried to merge the rebels of Moana Pacifica.
1: Oh, did they?
2: And it didn't work. No. And it Terrible probably idea. says that. One or both of those teams are doomed in the upcoming reshuffle, which will happen very soon.
1: Yeah, that's so. a, that's a, that might be a fair point. Might be a fair point. Louis, in after nine for you here is the latest in news with Araha. Thanks to Kubota. Have a great weekend.